When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. Good afternoon. My name is Adams, Cindy Adams, Madam Adams from the New York Post. I've been in it since George Washington, and I have been doing a column Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for 41 years, and I'm about to burble on and tell you, right now, I just got an invite from Emma Wade Smith. O-B-E. That is His Majesty's Consul General. It's to celebrate the coronation of King Charles III on May 6. It says, We will live stream it at Lincoln Center's David Geffen Hall. Doors open at 5.45 a.m. Oh, we're all going to rush there at 5.45 a.m. The coronation starts at 6 a.m. Oh, great. Ah, I hope Mimi Megan is watching at 3 a.m. Who's going to watch this? Why didn't they get married a little bit or or coronated a little bit later? Anyway, I'm going on. Long back, I am just going to complain at the moment, so listen to me for a moment. Long back, I reported Melissa DeRosa. You may not know the name. She is a politician, an ex-politician. She was Governor Cuomo's former aide. Next, she has inked a tell-all book. I reported this months ago. Right after I reported it came an instant, immediate denial. No, 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 take it back. Madam Adams knows not what she burbles about, is what Melissa DeRosa said. Oh. Isn't that awful? Well, hark, comes now news that Truth Misser, Melissa's, written a dump all book. So I am too gracious and kindly and warm-hearted to ever say that she is telling an untruth. So all I can say is she is an alleged liar to me. And now that her book is coming out, which she denied was coming out, the sanitation department has been placed on alert. Entertainment. Now entertainment. 2,000 years ago, Cleopatra was ready for her close-up. Jada Pinkett Smith is now narrating a series about Cleopatra. Jada said, We don't often get stories about black queens. That was important for me my daughter, my community, Cleopatra's displayed as sexual, excessive, corrupt. Yet she was a strategist, an intellect. She fought to protect her kingdom. Her heritage is debated. We will dive into her history. Queen Cleopatra premieres in Queens, May 10. Netflix, grab a barge. Watch it. I'm going on with some new movies that are coming out. Ray Romano. 
He's got a new film. It's called Somewhere in Queens. He created it, stars in it, produced it, wrote it, directed it. With my usual warmth and gentility, for which I am well known, I asked, what the hell do you know about writing a movie? He told me, nothing. I know nothing. I was terrified. I've never done it before. I've never written before. I sat at a laptop, and I talked to a writer I knew. I didn't even want to direct it. I was too scared. I was terrified. First-timer me, directing prose. My agent talked me into it. The initial week of prep gave me such chest pains, I had to go to a cardiologist. So I said, well, well, why did you do all this? He said, I had to. It was in my gizzard. It took me six years to write this script. Three years of COVID, another year for financing. I know the topic. Somewhere in Queens, listen, I know Queens. I was born in Queens. But once I started, once I got my act together, the first day filming... I was armed, and I was set for battle. This is a semi-autographical, autobiographical film. It deals with the father, that's played by Ray, and his son. As Ray told it to me, in real life, I graduated high school, where I played basketball, and became almost a star playing basketball, and then... Years later, my actual son became a basketball player, a star in basketball. So this shows what happened as a result of the attention I had begun to get. It's family scenes, the old pizza place, the table of pasta and meatballs at home. So who was he? Who was his family? He said, my father was a civil engineer. My mom taught piano at Juilliard. She stopped to become a mother, and she passed away just while we were filming this movie. She lived in our small, same house, which got sold just six months ago. And what about you? I said, who were you? He said, I worked in a gas station, and I delivered futons. I lived in that house with my mother, until I was 29. This film, he said, is my life. I'm born in Queens. Okay, so now it was a big, classy screening for the movie. Guests came in long gowns. Ray Romano was wearing an off-white jacket, which was cashmere. He should only make enough from this movie to pay for that jacket and replacing the small house he lived in, he took a first-class plane home to L.A. Okay, more movies. I want to tell you more stuff that's out. Remember Bizet's Carmen, the opera? Well, the 19th century's political unrest, social class, power struggle, murder, scandal, gender, race, now fits our 21st century. The result? The opera is being rejiggered as a film. The director is Benjamin Millipede. He is the very handsome, tall, thin choreographer 
and husband of Oscar winner Natalie Bort Portman. She played a ballerina in The Black Swan, and maybe her husband-to-be helped, and she got the Oscar for playing a ballerina. He is tall, handsome French. His sneakers were spotless. So tell me, I said, why is this film set in Mexico? He says, because it's a country in chaos. I began this career as a child. My mother was a dancer, so maybe we had some link. But it's been a love of music and expression for me. Dancing is no financially rewarding career. It is only fulfilling. It took six years to write this movie. It is a drama told through music, like West Side Story. I invented, I reinvented her. I gave her character more freedom. She's not just an object of desire. She's independent. Okay, her mother's murdered. An illegal border guard kills others in her group. There's a standoff. I've written all of it, plus an escape to L.A. Police close in, and for the rest, you're going to have to pay money and see the movie. On stage, dance, music, lights, costumes come together, is what Benjamin said. He said, it is a single experience. I approached this film the same way I approach dance, which to me is the language of dreams, the mystical and the earthy, my conscious and my subconscious. Okay, one little thing that was an oddity. Well, many things there were an oddity, but one of them was there were many celebrities who came to the screening. One of them was the famous dancer Mikhail Baryshnikov. He walked over and kindly introduced himself to me. That was nice, but I was not sure why he did it, since the last time we met, he was sitting at my kitchen table having dinner with Judge Judy. Is that not an oddity? Okay, I'm on, I'm on, I'm doing more, 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 more. Matthew McConaughey. He is bringing the Internet videos and emails and a free event. It's four hours on Monday, April 24. He says, we need more time to do stuff that truly matters. Well, what does that mean, I said. He said, it's, this is called The Art of Living. No G at the end. The Art of Living. For reasons obscure, Matthew McConaughey leaves the G off all words. Wow, what a great idea. Okay, I'm pressing on. Now that the hoopla's all over, I want to go back for one second. I remember January 1988's Phantom opening. I waited until all of the excitement was over to go back in my memory. That movie's, that play's opening had an $18 million advance, and it was our New York Post front page, my story on the front page. The night, the wind was howling. 
it was snowing. Donald showed alone. He posed for photos. Our mayor at the time, Ed Koch, said, I'm dieting, but I had a little nosh before I came. Molly Ringwald said, I'd really love to be on Broadway. And Andrew Lloyd Webber's date that night was his mom from London. He was fortified with a pre-opening nip, and he showed in a tux, no coat, precisely at curtain time. The after-theater party for Phantom was at another theater, at 74th Street's Beacon Theater, and was a parade of sables. Back then, every lady was wearing fur. The sables were on Linda Lavin, Claire Trevor, Audrey Hepburn, Audrey Weddows, or Audrey Meadows, Arlene Francis, Beverly Sills, all in sables. Barbara Walters was also in sables, and her recent will left that particular sable coat to me. Minus spirits, the party for the opening cost a quarter of a million dollars. Okay, we are now pressing on. Let me tell you one more thing that I'm just in the mood for. I get letters from from fans. Some like me, some don't like me. But one person named Bunny from Central Park West suggested some signs that we should have. Like a gynecologist should have the sign at your cervix. An electrician sign, we'll remove your shorts. A car dealer should say, get back on your feet, miss a car. A plumber, don't sleep with a drip, call us. An electrician, forget your bill, you'll be delighted. An optometrist, can't see what you're looking for, you're in the right place. Wait, I got a few more. For a restaurant, hungry? Come in, get fed up. A radiator shop, best place to handle a leak. Muffler shop, no appointment needed. We hear you coming. Muffler shop, get it? A shoe repair, we'll heal you, save your soul, die, D-Y-E, for you. And a Venetian blind truck, Blind man driving. Listen, I now have to come to a station break. That's so my employer, John Katsimatidis, can make a few bucks. Once he makes a few bucks and WABC can afford to have me continue, I will come right back with a really delicious interview. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All the dish that's fit to air. Cindy Adams is on 77 WABC.
I'm going to burble. I have a few things on my mind. I might as well get them off. I'm going to tell you about some things that are happening. Margot Robbie is now a live Barbie. She's a living doll. Even she was surprised this thing got green-lighted. She said, my first reaction was playing Barbie in a movie. It's, it's such a good idea. They, I never thought they would make this movie, but they did. And now I'm so thrilled I'm going to be in it. Okay. The director is Greta Gerwig. Playing with dolls is Will Ferrell, Issa Rae, Kate McKinnon, American Ferreira, Michael Cera, Rhea Perlman. Ryan Gosling is one of the five Kens. Listen, don't ask. Please, I'm only telling you what I know. Warner's is toying with the July 21 release. All of a sudden, maybe because of the coronation, but Britannia is doing fantastically in terms of tourists. Now that it is free of the odor of Mimi Megan, it is suddenly awash with tourists. It has more bodies than her Prince Empty has lawyers, and they are all swarming Buckingham Palace to glimpse the king. Listen, it's the first coronation in 70 years. Tourists are cramming Trafalgar Square, Covent Garden, Portobello Road. Hotel rooms are $1,000 a night, and it's more languages than are jumping over U.S. borders. You can hear everybody speaking everything. Soon, Kamala may even be able to converse with one of them. Wouldn't that be nice if she could really talk to somebody? Onward. New York City progressives were outraged when Justice Alito wrote an embryo had human rights. They were not upset when prospective chief Judge Ronan Wilson dissented in 70 pages that Happy the Elephant had human rights. And why weren't women's rights organizations outraged by his opinion last week, overruling a jury verdict and dismissing charges against a convicted rapist? His reasons, the DA was too slow and didn't give the rapist a speedy trial. If confirmed, as he's been, only progressives and elephants may be happy. New York. To those who fled New York for the warmth, the friendly, the sun-kissed, the orange-growing, outdoor-loving, enveloping, enveloping atmosphere of sunny Florida. It poured there all weekend. Big-time, heavy rain. Friends were seated outdoors in West Palm's Bradley's. It's a restaurant. The patrons had to remove their shoes during dinner. Inside, it was wet as well. Some diners had to remove their shoes to walk to drier tables. That's for all of those people who are leaving New York to go to aged Florida. I got a Florida matchmaker story. 
The Florida matchmaker says, I have a girl for you. It'll cost $50,000. The guy says, can I see her picture? The matchmaker says, for only $50,000, we don't show pictures. Second visit, the matchmaker. The truth is, she has a few false teeth. The guy said, gold? This is definitely not in New York, kids. Not only in New York. This is Florida, where people are rushing to go down to get sunburnt. I want to talk to you about Brendan Fraser. You know he's getting all the awards, everything for the whale. It happens that this guy is also a collector. He also collects vintage Polaroids. Brendan Fraser deserves awards for niceness. I know this for a fact. Back in the old days when he was doing a lot of movies and I interviewed him, he was a terribly nice guy. In 99, at an airport, actually helped an elderly couple struggling with their luggage. He carried it for them. They didn't recognize him, and they offered him a $3 tip. Whether he took it or not, this I don't know. Well, I would have. <laughs> it would have been me. Then starring in Dudley Do-Right, The Mummy sequel, George of the Jungle, and Blast from the Past, he probably didn't need it. And as we all know, he sort of disappeared for a few years. In 99, I reported some cockamamie news team awarded him the best butt, B-U-T-T. May 2001, I wrote super hot Brendan Fraser once actually sold fragrance in a department store for Christmas. In 08, he was in the mummy tomb of the dragon. Then, year 2012, things were not coming together for him. He and his wife, Afton, had shared the same birthday. Super best actor, nicest human being. This resurgence, thanks to the brilliance of director Darren Aronofsky to cast him, could not happen to a better human being. That's all I want to tell you, because there's so many people with talent and attitudes in Hollywood. He is not one of them. Okay, I want to go more. I'm going to burble. I'm going to burble. So stay with me, because you can't tell. After a few minutes, I could get interesting. Judy Brown has written a book called The Comedy Thesaurus. It says about a realtor praising a house's great view. And then it says, Gary Shandlin once said, For 500 grand, I better open the curtains and see breasts against the window. And Jay Leno, two out of three women had sex with someone in the office. And I can't even get toner to go in the copier. And you're showing me a house? Steve Martin said, you know, it's hard to keep marriage together in Hollywood because we sleep with so many people. This is in the, the book, The Comedy Thesaurus, about a realtor selling houses. Now, Michelle Yeoh's Everything Everywhere All at Once is giving everything everywhere all at once. It's distributor is auctioning props and costumes 
to benefit laundry walk workers, Transgender Law Center, and Asian Mental Health Project. It is not their first philanthropy. Chachkas, from previous films, raised almost $400,000 for the FDNY Foundation, the Food Bank of New York, NYC Health and Hospitals, and Queens Community House. I think it's wonderful. We all hear about Hollywood being so selfish. These are people who are doing wonderful, wonderful things. Meantime, do you know that women are still fighting for equal rights? I mean, please, what do they mean equal? Women who want to be equal to men lack ambition. Okay. One one thing about a former other film hero, Bruce Willis. I want to say something nice about Bruce Willis. We read he's having his troubles. But a Green Beret guy named Jeffrey said this, Willis used to love hanging with special ops guys. After 9-11, he wanted to enlist. He was too old at 46. He needed waivers, but they wouldn't give him any waivers. So no matter who or what, everyone who knows Bruce has always loved Bruce. Easter is over, but here are some of the Easter thoughts that I've been having. Sean Penn said, I like the public perception of me that makes people a little too scared to come to the table when I'm out having dinner. Nice loving thought. And Cindy Crawford said, the hardest thing about being a supermodel is what goes through your head. You try for some thought, so it's not just a blank stare when they take your picture. Then you look like an idiot. And at my local Victoria's Secret, for 12 pair of underpants, they gave me a discount, $150, and they just wanted me to sign their catalog. They wouldn't give me a discount. That was Rebecca Roman. A Floridian previously committing $1 million is bailing on DeSantis. He was giving DeSantis a million bucks, but he said, this man is now coming across like a wet armpit. He just lost a wrestling match with Minnie Mouse. He wants to be president when he grows up. Yeah, but first he has to grow up. He's as popular as a Yarmulke salesman in Damascus. He should first try to make it up with Disney. Okay, I want to tell you that a handsome scarf just arrived at my house, and it says it's inspired by Keechant Sewell, the 45th police commissioner of the city of New York. This scarf says, a little tag says it's unique. It's designed by Nicole Miller. It's produced by Theories Kazumi Yanai. It includes the American flag, the New York City Police Department flag, the Commissioner's shield, and the Roman numeral, and her 
signature of her year that she was assigned. It is silk. It is red, white, and blue. The treasure comes with the commissioner's card. And I have to say thank you to our top cop. I'll be back in a minute. The Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. I am about to speak to Kevin Draper, who's a sought-after New York City historian and co-founder. Okay, first start with your history. Who are you? Where did you come from? So I was born and raised on Long Island, and as a kid, five, six, seven, eight years old, my parents used to bring me into the city. And when driving in from Long Island, I'll never forget my first time driving in, just seeing the city skyline seemed like Oz to me. So I had this incredible uh, passion for New York, even as a young kid. And as I went through grammar school and junior high and high school, every time I could read something, I was always reading about New York, whether it was books about New York, uh, newspaper articles about New York, watching documentaries about New York. So it was just a passion of mine throughout my entire childhood growing up. And then as an adult, it's one of these things when you're thinking about what you want to do with your life and what you want to dedicate your life to. I really thought to myself, is could I make a career out of the city that I love, talking about it, educating people about it, doing research about New York, and make that a career? And, and that's what I ended up doing. So I ended up. So was Manhattan work. really purchased for fourteen bucks? Really? No, not at all. That <laughs> no, is definitely a myth. That is definitely a myth that needs to be busted for sure. This so essentially when the Dutch came in, they the, the Native Americans that were here, they, they had no concept of they as far as they were concerned, you didn't own the land, you, you didn't own the water, you didn't own the air, you sort of lived in harmony with that. You don't own that. So they did trade some stuff back and forth with the Dutch. And as far as the Native Americans were concerned, they could sort of share this land with them. Now, the Dutch tried to make it seem more like it was a purchase, but that's just not the case. That was not the case at all. As the decades and centuries would go by, Native tribes all over the country would start to understand what it meant to buy and sell the land, but not that original purchase from, from for the island here. Not at all. That is totally a myth. Well, those $14, it cost 10 times that to park a car today. So I wondered, what it, well, well, what did it cost to buy New York? Nothing? Well, I mean, in a way, they, they just traded some stuff back and forth. So in other words, it wasn't really bought. So really what they were doing, they'll, they'll try to say that it was bought for 24 guilders, and some people try to say, well, what exactly is that today? Maybe it's a few thousand dollars. So that's, that's kind of what – that's the number that most people will give. So if I were to give you a pair of cufflinks, you would give me Central Park? Is that it? Well, kind of, yeah. That, that's kind of like what happened okay, at the time, okay, right? <laughs> okay, 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 okay. We have a lot of interesting neighborhood names in New York. Like, I know about Broadway. Tell me of some of these names. Why is it called Hell's Kitchen? So, with Hell's Kitchen, that area there, in the 19th century, newspapers were growing. So that was all the media back in the day. Obviously, no radio, no television, no computers. So everything, when you said media, media was newspapers. And what they started to realize in the 19th century, crime, if it bleeds, it leads, was selling newspapers. 
So reporters were going all around the city to try to find some sort of high crime areas to report on to help sell newspapers. So the one area that we know now today is Hell's Kitchen, which is just west of Times Square. They Several reporters went in, followed the police around to look for some of the most dangerous streets in this area. They did find one, and then when they were walking down the street, one of the reporters asked, you know, which which one of these buildings has, like, the highest amounts of murders? They pointed it out, and the reporter had said to the police officer, boy, this place is really hell, and he said, no, it's hell. So, you know, what would the hottest place in hell be, I guess? It would be the kitchen, so that's what he said, and that name stuck. And it's funny because they've tried to rename it. You'll see it on some New York City maps. It'll say Clinton. They, They call that area Clinton. Yeah, which is the Whit Clinton, but most people don't go by that anymore because it's, it's okay. people who want to keep that original name, Hell's Kitchen. D- don't some of these tours schlep around in double decker bus- buses that I've seen? Um, so I'm sorry, what was that about that? Don't you have double decker buses that take tourists around? I've seen these double decker buses where they're so, taking tourists. Is that is that yeah. what you do? No, no, we're 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 a tour company where we do mostly private tours. We do we do corporations and schools, but it's more personalized experience. Um, I like to say we don't use flags and microphones. People like myself are historians. The people that work for us, it's our profession, and um, it's more of a personal experience for the groups. So we so we, we walk that. around. Is that it? It's a private guided walking tour. Is that, that it? That's right. That's exactly right. So somebody might want to say, I want to do a tour of Central Park. I know I've been in the park. I've been around there a thousand times, but I don't know the history. So we'll, we'll do a walking tour. We're actually walking, explaining it. Or we might go up Fifth Avenue and talk about the Gilded Age and the Rockefellers, the Vanderbilts, the Astors. And we have tours on things like that, the Gilded Age. Or we could be in Lower Manhattan talking about Hamilton and the founding fathers. You know, where did Hamilton live? Where was George Washington sworn as first president? So that's what we're doing. We're basically taking our time walking around these neighborhoods and really absorbing and trying to figure out the history of these of these areas. Okay, so and, who could know if you're telling the truth? I mean, not that I'm doubting you or anything, but how does somebody who comes from Catharsis or wherever it is, how do they know what you're saying, whether it's legit? Well, that is definitely what we pride ourselves on from the research we've done, including like that first question you asked about, you know, um, the purchase of the island. We try to do we do the best research we can. We try to get to the real stories and people that do take our tours. I've had people literally sometimes like trying to look things up while we're doing tours and they'll actually sort of say, oh, that's right. Ooh, OK, that's correct. Oh, wow. OK. And then they kind of slip into it and they realize what we know what we're talking about. So that that's usually what it is. And then it's word of mouth. It's, it's You get reviews and people, you know, sort of try to check you out before they take your tour. And then they can usually find out that, if, you know, if it's like you said, if it's like legit or not. But that's that's our whole what we do as a company. And what I do as an historian is it, it's we want to make sure that we're right. Why is it the Bronx and not the Queens? That is a very good question. Um, and one What's of the very good right answer. Now, well, the very good answer would be that would be something that I'd have to I'd have to check because if I, I know I why I know why, why. I'd like because to hear that. The Bronx was B R O N K S. It was a Dutch family, and their farm was called the Bronx Farm. So that's why it's called the Bronx B R O N X. So do I get a dollar and a half for what I have just given you? 
Yes, you definitely do. And that's what's great about what I do for a living because I always learn something new every day. (laughs) That's one of the best things about this job is that you can always learn something new. So what's what's a tour cost? So normally we'll have you can have a, a private tour for one up to six people for $299. And that's a private tour with your own guide. So whether it's a couple or two couples, whatever the group is, for six people, two ninety nine, and then for each added person, it's just thirty dollars. That's so on it's foot. It's shoe leather. It's walking. Is that correct? Yes, they're they're walking tours, but we take our time. There's lots of places to sit. Um, even we do we do museum tours. So we're doing the Metropolitan Museum of Art. It's a walking tour, but we do take our time. We're not rushing around. We give plenty of time for people to sit while we're talking and doing things. And they're all private. So in other words, well, whoever's looking to book a tour, even if it's a company, that they'll all know each other. So it's not we're not putting uh, necessarily strangers together. How big is New York City? In terms of uh, population or the actual size? I don't care. I'm flexible. I don't, how big is it? How long is it? 15 miles? And, uh, what is it? Well, the island itself of Manhattan is about, is about 13 miles long, and it's about two miles wide. You know, I've walked it. I've walked not the length. I've walked the width of it, you know, from 12th Avenue or whatever the the furthest avenue is all the way to the furthest east. You can do it. It's like a a short little walk. And this is New York, the mm -hmm. most fabulous city in the whole world. How can that be possible? That's that's the great thing. And I always tell people if they want to keep track of how far they're walking, every 20 blocks in New York is a mile. Yeah. What about Mm -hmm. Dutch names like Van Wyck? Is that all from the Dutch era? Yes. When the Dutch came here, um, they originally called everything south of Wall Street New New Amsterdam. Amsterdam. And it was the Dutch that built that wall. And another myth is the wall was built to keep the Native Americans out. Not really. It was actually keep in case the British invaded. But that was New Amsterdam. And it was very – you couldn't really farm on that land. So what they did is they went to the other side of the East River for farming, and they called that – Brocklin, which is named after a town in the Netherlands. And in New York, people are famous for not pronouncing things correct. So we started saying Brooklyn, but it was Brocklin. And then they also sent a handful of people up further up the island of Matahatta, which means island of many hills in the, in the, the Malapane language. And they settled a small little area, which they named after an area in the Netherlands called Harlem. Mm-hmm. So we have Dutch names, Harlem, Brooklyn, um, like you said, the Van Wick, some of the families that were here. So, yes, we still have a few of these Dutch names left. Harlem, didn't it have two A's in it? H-A-A-R-L-E-M? That's a very good possibility. I think they probably did. Yeah, this, all the spellings have changed slightly, little mistakes, like Varazano was yeah. spelled wrong. So yeah. they have to go back and they have to fix that and spend millions of dollars to put new signs up because they have to fix the spelling. But, um, yes, yeah, so there's always been some of these um Different words over time have changed slightly. Give me a fact or story about New York City that you might know that most of us do not know. So this is I find this very interesting. If we think about New York, and it's definitely without question uh, an immigrant story. When you think of all the immigrants that came over, um, poor immigrants trying to make something of their lives, right? And... But what people don't also understand about New York that made it such a magnet from people coming from all over the world is that in most countries, places like England and other places, society was very closed. 
So you had to sort of be like a duke or an earl or sir. You sort of had to have some sort of family family lineage to um, get into high society. So there were plenty of wealthy people throughout Germany, France, England that were making it there, making maybe came up with a new invention or maybe came up with some new business. And they didn't want to stay where they were because they couldn't move up to high society. So quite a few wealthy people came over to America and to New York especially. So when we look at our rise of the Gilded Age and, we, and how we became a financial capital of the world, the cultural capital of the world, the fashion capital of the world, it was definitely the immigrant experience, but many of those immigrants did come over with money. And I don't think a lot of people leave to realize that also, that it was also that part of what made New York, New York. Listen, we are the capital of the whole effing world. There is no place like New York. Nobody is rushing to go to Toronto. Everybody is rushing in some way to go to New York. Give me, give me a tourist's comment, and then I shall let you go because I'm torturing you. I want to know so much. What, what are their comments? What do they say when they're in New York? One of the things you hear is definitely it seems like the movies have come alive. You know, so many people see us through movies or books that they read or television shows. So they see that. And the, the, the energy, the excitement, plus they said it seems much more livable than they thought. A lot of people have this image of sort of Times Square, the hustle, the bustle, which, of course, that's there. But the fact that when they walk around the Upper East Side or the Upper West Side or they go to the Village or other areas in Brooklyn and Queens and the Bronx or Staten Island, they're amazed how livable it is. And the fact that they could really see that we are this um, – that anybody could sort of fit in here. I mean the very fact uh, – languages. We speak over 700 languages in New York. 700 so, languages? Yes, yes, there are no. not 700. What are you talking about? 700 yep. languages? That's right. That's right. Um, if you look at different dialects and different languages from around the world, it could be anything, different African tribes or South America. When you start adding it up, it's almost over 700 different languages spoken. So could I maybe one day take a tour of, like, I don't know New York. I know New York. What should I take a tour of? You personally, I think, would really – I because you are – you are a legend, and I mean that because I'm a New Yorker. So I, I grew up reading your columns, seeing you on TV. I would think you probably would really enjoy the Gilded Age because we talk about the Rockefellers, the Vanderbilts, the Astros. We talk about the women's suffrage movement because that was one of the most important things happening during the Gilded Age, that women were fighting for not just the right to vote. It was the right to have a job, to divorce, to have a bank account, to own property. So, so much was happening with the suffrage movement. New York City was, and this is the period of time when New York is becoming the cultural capital of the world, the financial capital of the world, the fashion capital of the world. So I think for someone like yourself or anybody, I think that was a great tour, which is the, the, our Gilded Age tour, um, to really get a sense how New York became New York. Why was Central Park built? Why was the Brooklyn Bridge built? Like we go into a lot of that on that tour. So I think that's okay. a great one. Okay. If you promise not to charge me, I will take one of these tours. <laughs> I Honestly, Cindy, seriously, Mrs. Adams, I would definitely say Thank my you. contact information because I mean this when I say this. This would be an absolute – someone like yourself that truly loves New York there's no greater honor to take someone out like you. Thank and you. And I think I always say, by the way, some of the people that enjoy the tours the most 
are the New Yorkers because they learn all these new little things that they didn't realize. They passed by buildings buildings a million times and didn't know this or that. So I think you would love every minute of it. And anytime, anywhere, you just let me know and I'll definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I very much enjoyed having you on. And you will hear from me, sweetie. Thank you, Kevin. Great. Great talking to you. Okay, honey. Bye. A name you know who's in the know. It's the Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. I would like to complain. Nothing is like it was. There was a Staples on West 80th Street. A guy bought a printer. The salesperson asked, well, how old was your old one? The customer said, 10 years. The salesperson said, this one won't last that long. Nothing is like it was. Let me tell you that a young guy was asleep on the sidewalk right in front of a high-class Park Avenue building with an A1 address, a doorman helping an elegant tenant to her chauffeured car stepped around him. Eventually, EMS types got him. Maybe New York needs more than a nice new rat commissioner. I got a question. How can America seat confirmed liar George Santos in Congress? That's America's voice. How can America keep Biden, his son, brother, kin around despite sticky finance allegations? How can America have a DA and maybe chief judge who allow criminals to walk free? How can America print daily photos on the behinds and boobs of Lopez, Kardashians, and that Rajitkowski who just poses on her behinds and boobs and, and dates. How can America have TV spokespeople with always a chorus of blank faces standing behind them in a line, doing nothing, saying nothing, just nodding on cue? One more thing and then I'm leaving you. The famous Friars Club on East 55th, once frequented by names like Frank Sinatra and Martin and Lewis, is now shut tighter than its accounting records. Financial services just added to its current lawsuits. Once New York City's great institution, destroyed by those who took it over out of ego and greed, they even lost their trademark. It's tragic. How could it have become so ravaged? A book called Here's to the Friars reports them once telling Milton Berle, you are the only MC we want. You're the best. You're the star. Nobody is as great as you. Nobody in the world is a Milton Berle. Milton Berle said, I can't come. I'm booked that night. And the friar said, okay, so who do you suggest? That's only in New York, kids. Only in New York. And me, I am only in New York and only on WABC and only in the New York Post and only signing off right now. And I will speak to you again next Sunday, 1 o'clock.